Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Diane Callahan, your host of the Lighthearted Life Radio Show. Our topic today is practical happiness, and our guest is someone I'm so excited to introduce you to. Her name is Pamela Gail Anderson. Anderson, oh my gosh, Pamela Gail Johnson. And here's the thing: she founded in 19 in the late 1990s. She founded the Society of Happy People in 1998, and I actually joined that society way back then. And so I've been following her leadership in this the world of happiness for technically decades now. And she also created the first first three globally celebrated happiness holidays and her new book, Practical Happiness, Four Principles to Improve Your Life, just came out. And I'm so excited about all of it. So welcome, 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 Pamela, to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. You are such an inspiration. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I Happiness is my jam, just like you, right? And all of the research that's happened in the last couple decades around positive psychology and happiness and, and all of that side of things has really made me so excited. In fact, one of the things that you said in your book was that you noticed that um, for a while there we really focused on unhappiness, all the things that made us unhappy, like um, therapy and things like that, they were focused on the negative stuff instead of focusing on the things that do make us happy. So I'm, I'm really curious about how you came to be interested in happiness and to start the Society of Happy People and, and to write this book. So tell me about how you got there. Well, I was actually working in the self-help field at the time. I was working for a, a recovery treatment center. And, you know, it was also just culturally the height of the self-help movement. It was in the late 90s. And so Oprah, Jerry Springer, and I, and I use those sort of as contrast because I think Oprah was, was really digging into the, to the uh, roots of, of issues. And I think Jerry Springer was a little bit more on the on the on the weed side, like oh, let's make it sensationalized and 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 with that route, but you still have everything in between. Dr. Laura on the radio, infomercials, and I just really sort of started wondering, like, well, where are all the happy people? We're spending a lot of time talking about the things that have made us unhappy, but where are all the happy people? And I thought it would be a great idea for a humor essay. And so I started telling people about my humor essay idea. And people were like, let me know when you started. I want to join. And it, it really did make me realize that people who are mostly happy, and because no one's happy all the time, because no one, right. I mean, that's just not realistic. That's, that's uh, just not right. You know, it's not real. 
So right. the people were mostly happy. Um, they felt they kind of needed a tribe. They needed a place to go and, and, and hang out in. And, and the pendulum is a little bit maybe on the toxic positivity side a little little bit, especially in certain areas, like I think the workplace sometimes and in certain areas that um, get a little bit like, well, you should just be grateful for whatever, and you're kind of like, yeah, but that still needs to be changed, <laughs> or that's still not working, or that's not fair. I mean, right. there's this, you know, that's, that's also still real, but you can also still have a positive outlook. You know, I love and so that's sort of that how the society started. Awesome. And and that's why I jumped on board because I was like, that's cool. Because, um, you know, in 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 my experience and in, in uh, work experience, workplace experience, um, there are a lot of people who actively didn't like me or my positive outlook. And so to have a place, like you said, to have a tribe where we could be happy and, and rejoice in it, not toxically, but like recognizing that happiness does happen and happiness is here. And, you know, the, the first thing that the first book that I wrote um, is a book called Lighthearted Life Strategies, Simple Strategies to Find Joy Even in the Stormy Times. Because, like you write in your book, even in the very, very difficult times, there are still moments of happiness, and sometimes the difficulty itself results in things that are happy, like new friendships or being loved on and supported by other people and things like that. So I, I find that the work that I do, the work that you do, and others like us is so important to remind people that even when we are going through struggle and when things are hard, it's not like we're – toxic po- positivity would have us saying, forget that, everything's great, we we'll just turn that frown upside down, you know. And we're not saying that at all. We're saying that is hard, that is true and real, and you need to feel that, you need to go through that. But also know that there will still be moments where you can smile. And smiling is still okay even – when you're dealing with loss or something um, very, very hard or stressful. Um, right. And I, in practical happiness, ahead. we we say happiness zappers are manageable, and we divide them into five kinds. And yep. we divide, yeah, we have That's, five types of them. And so there is a time sometimes when your annoyance is what I would call kind of like a low-key one, but we lose a lot of happiness to it. And that is where some of those, those slogans of happiness is a choice or turn your smile, you know, your frown upside down. And, and that can be true because it's an annoyance. And I, I tell people in those scenarios, uh, will you remember this a year from now? And if it, the answer is yes, then it's, it's not an annoyance. It's a, it's a bigger life kind of uh, happiness zapper. So that's a different, you have to manage that different. But if the answer is yes, I will not. Re- I will not remember this a year from now. It's not like, well, then let it go now. Like, don't lose any happiness over it because it's something that's not impacting your life in any Absolutely. real way. Absolutely. And I love. Okay, first of all, I just have to say this: this bright yellow, smiley face, practical happiness book that is in my hand right now, and it's all um, highlighted up and. 
pages are bent. Because I'm fine. I, I have to say it to our listeners, you guys, go get this book. Get it on your Kindle. Buy it. Buy the paperback book so you can read it in the pool like I was doing this morning. Um, mark it all up. Write your notes in there. Because this book, and I read a lot of happiness books. This one right here is the real deal. This is easy to read, and but, but most importantly, it literally is practical, practical happiness. It breaks down into four sections, and we're going to talk about this more uh, after we have a commercial break, but it's just four, and then they are the four, what, Pamela, what are the four principles? Well, the first one is happiness is personal. The second, mm-hmm. happiness zappers are manageable. The third is happiness changes as you change. And the mm-hmm. fourth one is happiness is bigger than you think. And as I've read through all of this, I, I just find so much that even people who aren't, uh, you know, happiness um, – what junkies or gurus or believers or whatever, just regular regular people who wonder about people like us, <laughs> um, to pick up this book is to find really, um, well, first, scientifically proven information, and also you have so many examples of how people that you know have applied this, people in the Society of Happy People have applied these principles, and so it just gives you a roadmap where you feel like, well, maybe, yeah, I could actually do that. I don't have to be the sunshine and happy face, you know, flowers all the time, but I could do some of these things. So we're going to talk about those things in just a few moments, but we're going to take a quick moment to recognize one of our sponsors right now. Thanks, Diane. Women Lead Radio was brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good, and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and our partners like you, Miss Diane Callahan, with The Lighthearted Life. Thank you for being a sponsor as well. And now back to your show. Thank you. We are back to The Lighthearted Life radio show, and with us today is Pamela Gail Johnson. And we're getting back into our conversation about her literally amazing book, Practical Happiness. And um, Pamela, there's some things I want to talk about. First of all, um, happiness is personal. I loved your story. You were saying about a gal, a woman you knew who had been going through a lot of things, and you kept telling her, I have this lavender oil. Use the lavender oil. It'll, it'll ease your stress. And finally she said, look, lavender oil makes me want to throw up. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, it works for me, but maybe not for everybody. So tell me more about how happiness is personal. Well, I I think we live in this world where we have, A, competitive happiness, and, B, we have um, groupthink. So, and, in fact, that started a long time ago. Movie producers were saying, 
on Friday night, and this started with texting, that, you know, like you knew if you were going to have a good or a bad weekend at the theaters because people walked out Friday night and texted their friends that they should or shouldn't go to the movie for the weekend. So we really started moving into groupthink a long time ago. But when it comes to our happiness, and it sort of overlays with principle three, but our happiness is personal. So lavender oil is scientifically proven to help people with stress. I don't happen to like it myself either, but, again, scientifically proven. But if, if it makes you want to throw up, it doesn't matter if it helps, you know, 19,999 people out of 20,000. If you're the one person it doesn't, that's all that matters. And that's what you have to remember about your happiness. It's about you. Now, that doesn't mean, let's say you don't like, you know, scary movies, but your significant other does. That doesn't mean you never go to a scary movie with them. I mean, maybe you do for their birthday or for just because they had a bad day or something, because then Mm -hmm. you're experiencing other types of happiness like love and giving. So it doesn't mean you, you, you be selfish in it, but you may go, hey, my favorite movie is the Hallmark Christmas in July month, and I'm going to watch a Christmas movie every single night in July just because it makes me happy. And I don't care if you think the movie, I don't, you don't like that channel. This is my Pamela. This is personal. Pamela, I feel so seen right now. Let me just say, regarding that Hallmark movie, <laughs> you see me. Um, let's. I really want to talk about this concept of happiness zappers. Because, and the fact that they are manageable and there are strategies to, ma- to manage them. Because a lot of people really have fallen into this belief system that the traffic made me, you know, ruined my day. And they don't understand that they have so much power and choice to be like, oh, traffic, yuck. But I can, li- I can call a friend. You know, you could come up with, uh, what do you call it, the, the, the zap map? <laughs> The Zap Map. Yeah, I love Zapper the Zap Map. Management Action Plan. Yes, I love it. And, and I love, too, that you identify five categories of happiness zappers. Unhappiness, stress, fear, chaos, and annoyance. And you really um, yes. challenge readers to to look objectively at whatever it is that is troubling them, troubling us, and to figure out what really is this. And is it in or out of my control? And so how do you use the zap map? Well, or even a little bit of both. So we're talking about traffic, and that's a common stressor for a lot of people. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, but if you know you're on a traffic, you're driving in a traffic time for your city or your or the traffic street for your city, you know, Mm -hmm. the time you leave is within your control. What's not within your control is if, let's say, there was an accident. So sometimes I put that as a little bit of both. But you should always have a game plan if you're, like, you know, sitting on the road while you're waiting to move or you're going at five miles an hour. What are you going to do with that time? That's also up to you. So you can either be annoyed, which isn't going to help you. You're not going to remember it five years from now. Or you can be like, how do I feed my brain with something positive? And that can even be silence, you know, or the silence of the car. That could be that that quiet, reflective time. But you could put in, um, you can listen to audio books that feed your brain with good stuff because we know that if you listen to about 15 minutes a day or read 15 minutes a day of positive 
things. It impacts your brain and, and makes you feel better. It could be calling a friend. It could just be listening to your music that you love, whatever music you love and makes your heart patter. So that's how you, you can create your very own zap map of, of how do you manage this type you know, this type of zapper. And, again, there's, there's different ones. Now, I, I do like to say on unhappiness, legitimate unhappiness is something that just does not quickly go away, and it's usually associated with grief. So, obviously, yeah. the biggest type of grief is death of a, a person or a pet. We now know that people who lose pets go through about the same emotional challenge that we do when we lose our people. So, and that's something that you you can be having a great day, and then all of a sudden something happens, and you get pinged with grief. And it could be 10 years down the road or 15 years down the road, and you're just blue for no apparent reason because that's how grief works. It doesn't – it becomes part of us. It doesn't totally go away. But we can have yeah. grief over estranged relationships within our family or with friends. We can have grief over health losses. Like, you know, when you get your 40s eyes and you're all of a sudden having to pull out that second pair of glasses, you may go through a grief window. And, you know, for some people it's bigger than others, but if you get a big diagnosis, I know you've mm-hmm. had a big diagnosis. When you get that, yep. you're going to have these, like, limitations. You're like, I can't do my 14-hour day because I need extra sleep because <laughs> my body's <laughs> yes. healing from, from the recovery. There can be grief associated with that, and, and sometimes people don't own that. And when you don't own it for that, it starts to manage you versus you managing it. And that's the, that's the piece about happiness zappers. Are you going to manage them, or are they going to manage you? And then, and then we have the other three, if you want me to just do a quick, you know, a quick talk well, about uh, stress and let me, fear let me and quick. chaos. On the unhappiness side with one of the things that really hit me in a profound way when I was reading uh, Principle 2 in your book um, is the idea that that when, when we know someone who's going through unhappiness and a, a legitimate, you know, like unhappy situation in their life, like the ones that you listed, the thing that we can do is listen without trying to things because we can't fix sadness or fix loss and the thing that hit me the most was not suggesting fixes because the only suggestion we could make is the fixes that we could think of that would help us but they may not be applicable because happiness is personal and you may be selling lavender oil to someone right and so that hit me as so profound, if that's, if that's the one thing anybody takes out of this book, because it reminds me of the book, The Five Love Languages. Have you read that one, Pamela? I have. It's been a while, but I have read that. I, I, I had a profound moment with that book as well, because similar to this moment I had in your book, because I kept, what I realized is that Everyone is so different. And so what works for me in terms of happiness or in terms of, you know, uh, managing happiness zappers or how I express my love is my personal um, experience of it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily match other people's love languages, other people's um, ways that they become happy, what they can do in the midst of a grief 
a season of grief. Do you agree? Exactly. Well, and and not just grief. I mean, it's any of our zappers, like even stress. For some people, they manage their stress by going and running. And, like, I hate running. So that isn't a stress manner. Even though all my happy endorphins are kicked off or whatever, I'm so annoyed by it. My mindset isn't, you know, my mindset of disliking it is bigger than the, than the, the science, the science of the good it does for me. It's, and that, but that doesn't mean that that's how everybody should be. That just means that's what it is for, for me. And I do think we, and actually a reader said this, they were like, you know, I realize when my husband wants to do whatever it is he wants to do, and I'm thinking it's silly and I'm rolling my eyes, she said, I really realized I was stealing some of his happiness. You know, and in society world, we call that raining on your somebody's parade. But, yep. yeah, we're – but the same for zappers. We we have to remember everybody's going to – and especially grief, but everybody is going to go through that. And it can be, like, because they lost their job or because, like I said, they're in a strange relationship with, you know, a family member or a close friend. It can be over a lot of different things, but there is a, if somebody's feeling lost, they have to feel that loss. Yes. And I, so the other um, happiness zappers, we talked about unhappiness. We talked a little about stress. We definitely talked about annoyance. And then the other two are fear and chaos. How did they come into play with um, zapping our happiness? Well, okay, so for fear, I do like to say, if you're in a burning down house, call, call the fire department. Or if somebody's being physically or emotionally, you know, abusive to you, call the appropriate authority. So there are some legitimate fears. So don't pretend they're not. If, if you have a real fear, you know, address it from a real, a real perspective because that's being practical. But a lot of our fears, in fact, probably the majority of our fears are just between our two temples. And they stop yep. us from doing things that might make us really happy. So maybe we don't apply for a job we want. Maybe we don't try to start our side hustle of, in making money off of something we really, really love. Maybe we have always wanted to. We have a fantasy of jumping out of a plane in a parachute, but we're a little afraid of heights, which is understandable. So we don't go take the class. These are the things that you have to create a zap map for. So maybe you want to go parachuting but you're afraid of heights, so you don't necessarily just go take the class. Maybe you just start hanging out where they are parachuting, and then maybe you take a class, then maybe you do a tandem dive, and then maybe you finally do your own dive. You know, you create a, yeah. a, a, a plan that works for you so you get to have that experience. So I think that's, that's what our fears are. So if it's something you want to do, I, I know somebody who didn't want to play pool or do something because they said, oh, I'm not any good at it. But And I'm like, did you have fun doing it? You know, if you had fun doing it, yes. that's, that's the bigger picture. Unless you're wanting to be like a professional pool player, then, then yeah, you do need to be a little good. So that's where fear is. And it zaps our happiness because it stops us from doing something we want to do. And then chaos. Chaos are those just situations we're all going to have. You walk in, you had a pipe burst, so you're dealing with a flood in your house. Or, you you know, the alarm goes off late, so your whole day starts late. But chaos is usually temporary. And even if you are in a big natural disaster, there's still a temporary element to the big chaotic part. So when you walk into that chaotic situation, just sort of, you know, you were in a car accident. 
um, just always sort of remind yourself. It doesn't make you get happier, but just remind yourself this is going. To, this has a short window of time, so that your ex, you know your expectation is this isn't going to go on forever. This is just a short window of time, and I'm going to get through it. Yes. Let's um. I, there's so, we could literally go on for another hour, and we we don't have another hour, which is a bummer. Um, I love. Principle three, that is happiness changes as you change. And I love that you take people through um, kind of their their life, like looking at what made you happy in your childhood and your teens and then every one of those decades because they're all different. And what makes you happy in one may change in in another decade. What What's that all about? Well, I think coaching and, and- worked with people for years. And I think one of the places we really get stuck with happiness is we keep looking at past happiness and we go do those same things and they're not making us happen, happen in the present. So we then end up missing present happiness, which might be different. So change is inevitable, even though we may or may not like it. And the question, how it impacts our happiness is how we embrace it. And so a simple analogy I try to, I, I tell people Think about, let's say you have a favorite vacation spot and you and your family go there every single year. Even if you went there five years in a row at the exact same time, maybe you go June 1st or June 5th every year, it's mm-hmm. going to be a different experience every year. And you may have some years that were you were happier there than other years, like they were more whatever, for whatever reason. You met new people that were right. different. You had different experiences. You can't recreate the same experience, even if it was a relatively happy one, like being on a vacation. And we sort of try to do that. We'll be in our 40s, and we're thinking of what life should have looked like, you know, what it looked like in our 20s, and we get upset that we're not 20 anymore. But you're not 20, so you may not can be the football quarterback at 40, unless you're Tom Brady. Tom Brady can be, but apparently most most quarterbacks are, you know, you're – yeah, he. I, I, think, I sometimes wonder because he's like like super super quarterback. So yeah, but my point, you know, but for most of us, we're, we're just not going to be in that space. So you're, but you have different happiness. Maybe you're teaching your kids how to be a quarterback, and that's a different happiness that you get to experience. You know, with with that with that that space you're well, in in your life, and that we and we forget that sometimes. Oh, and you wouldn't want to live inside the movie Groundhog Day. I mean, you can't just have have the same thing all the time. And, and that's sometimes what happens um, with this whole youth culture. You know, women feeling like, oh, my gosh, I need to look a certain way. I'm starting to look old or I'm feeling old. And I'm like, it is a privilege to get older. I mean, I'm really, you know, talking a lot about that with clients and on stages that, I mean, there are so many new wonderful things to embrace as we get older, and we should embrace the privilege of it and not – one of my favorite um, talks that I've put together, it says there's no such thing as back to normal. There's only forward to better. You know, it's like when I work with cancer patients and they're like, I just want things to go back to normal. You know, everything's changed. I'm like, and it's supposed to change. When we go through hard things, we go through COVID, we go through as a, as, a, as a society, it's supposed to change so that we can go forward to better. 
forward to more happiness, different kind of happiness. Do you agree with that? No, it, we, you don't ever go back, number one, ever. We don't live in, right. um, the, you don't really ever go back. And so the question is, how do you, like you said, how do you move forward with those changes? And what, what you thought was normal, whether you want it to be gone or not, it's just sometimes going to be gone. Like if you, I don't have to tell you from, you know, if you've had cancer, that experience is going to change you. And the question is, is it changing you for the better or is it, you know, changing you, you know, are you clinging to some of the past that may not be the same? We have those right. are places where happiness is a choice. We do have a choice about our mindset towards happiness. We don't always have a choice about our experiences, but we do have a choice about how are we, are we going to learn from them and move forward and create a better world or are we going to keep trying to cling to the, to the past? And you just right. you just exactly. can't really do that, even if you're trying to. Well, listen, our time is almost up in our show today, but let me say this. If people want to get a hold of you and find out more about the Society of Happy People, where should they go? Well, if you go to SOHP, so for societyofhappypeople.com, uh, for one thing, we didn't get to really discuss this principle that happiness is bigger than you think, but if they go to SOHP.com slash gift, G-I-F-T, they can get the happiness counter with all 31 types of happiness. And we're getting ready for Happiness Happens Month, so they can sign up uh, to get stuff for Happiness Happens Month, which is going to include um, interviews about all 31 types of happiness. So they're not going to be the Uh. people that had their stories in the book. There'll be some different people doing interviews and we will um, so we'll be sharing those stories so people know how to put that happiness in action so they know what they're looking for with all the different types of happiness and hopefully they'll discover a little bit more happiness you know in their life every day that is perfect um, everyone who's listening I want to tell you in the the fourth principle happiness is bigger than you think there are as Pamela said, 31 types of happiness. And I wasn't going to get into them today because I want you to go get the book. Go get your own copy, scribble all over it, highlight it, bend down every single page, and then um, join us for Happiness Happens, Happens Month, which is August? It's in August, yeah, the 22nd Happiness Happens Month. Can you believe it? Well, no. <laughs> and we need it so much. So go to SOHP.com and you'll learn all about it. And I want to say thank you so, so much, Pamela. I have been so excited about having you on my show and um, in talking about your book and this work around happiness. So thank you so much. And thank you, especially thank you to all of our listeners in the United States and in countries all over the globe because we're an international show now. After our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, iHeartRadio. We're expanding quickly into a daily radio show and podcast. So for now, we'll be back again for another live Women Lead Radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and on Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. It's been my joy to be your host today. Thank you for listening to The Lighthearted Life, and I'm wishing you a fabulous, lighthearted, joy-filled, happiness-filled weekend. Thanks so much. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, 
collaborate and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.